Hello, I'm Dorian Linsky. And I'm Ian Dunn. We are the hosts of Origin Story, the podcast that unpacks the history behind the ideas, the people and the events that shape political discourse today. And we are back for season five. We're kicking off with a two-parter on George Orwell, the man, the work, the ideas. We follow him from Burma to Spain, through Second World War London, to the writing of his masterpieces Animal Farm and 1984, and how their legacy is used and misused today. That's Origin Story Season 5, coming now from anywhere you get your podcasts. They thought they could do us over by doing it on Friday. Well, they can't. You want emergency podcasts? We've got them. Ian happened to be shopping for comics. I've I've left my mum in liberties looking at the stationery. This is Andrew Harrison. The voice in the background is Ian Dunt and Joe Johnson. We're both so lame. We're so lame. <laughs> Minister Joe Johnson has quit. Transport Minister has quit over Brexit, calling for a people's vote. He says Britain is on the brink of the greatest crisis since World War Two. What is on the table isn't anything like what is promised. Uh, and, uh, well, this leaves... Well, it's going to be an interesting Christmas at the Johnsons, isn't it? Ian Dunn, <laughs> what has happened? I mean, in terms of their Christmas, they're doing their best to put a kind of a brave sort of face on the whole thing, are they? Because immediately afterwards, Boris Johnson sort of tweeted, saying, oh, look, I really admire my brother for what he's doing here. There's a part of Joe Johnson's blog where he sort of goes, actually, we share our dismay at what's sort of going on, not mentioning the fact that they share a That's, very different kind of dismay. That- and that his brother caused to the dismay. Yeah. Yes. I am very dismayed at the thing you've caused that you are now similarly dismayed by. Hmm. Um, so I, and I actually think that that's part of why this matters. Okay, because on the face of it, it's just one more vote. You know, and, and actually, I mean, alone, that, that's important because we're, we're assuming that the vote, whenever she does eventually bring back a deal, and we do think there will be a deal, will be pretty tight. So actually one further name is important. Because he has said he will vote against... Yeah, I mean, he was—he was—he's been pretty. To be honest, I thought his his blog was was properly scorching stuff. I mean, he wasn't pulling punches at all. It was pretty full on. It's quite clear he's going to—he's going to vote. It seems like he was going to vote against it. I mean, he couldn't possibly not vote against it, given what he said. Yeah. He also seems like he's going to demand um, a second referendum and that he would be voting for Remain. He outlined. Uh, I think he also made it quite clear that he would want three options on that ballot. Mm-hmm. So one would be May's deal, one would be no deal, and one would be the Remain option. Okay. Um, so he, was, he, he sort of went pretty far. I, I do think that this stuff has a more of a meaning beyond the simple numerical one of, look, there's another guy that's going to vote into the, that's going to walk through the no lobby. And actually, part of it is to do with this, this incredible theatre of the two brothers. We've been here before, of course, with the Millibands. There's something yeah. about the fact that when you have sort of brothers pitched in fighting with each other politically, people actually pay attention. I think that even has an impact with MPs. Because what you have is Joe Johnson making it very clear he's going to vote against it on the moderate wing of the Tory party. Mm-hmm. And Boris Johnson then coming out making it very clear he's going to vote against it on the Brexity wing of the Tory party. May has clearly come up with a deal that not only doesn't satisfy anyone, but actually it seems to be actively... Antagonising everyone. Antagonising yeah, both sides. And when other MPs look and think, how am I going to vote? They're going to have these... Quite senior figures, you know. I mean, Joe Johnson, you know, transport minister, universities minister, but more importantly, not a rebel, you know, at, yeah. at all. I think this is one well, of the only. Well, he says categorically, "I've never rebelled against anything previously right. in my career." Right. 
And when you keep your nose dry that way, when you do decide, look, I'm, I'm staking it on this, that has a tremendous sort of impact, especially on other MPs. So now you look at Labour MPs, let's say, you know, the, the ones who've got leave constituencies who are thinking, well, I, I kind of feel like I need to vote for this thing to show my constituents that I support Brexit. Well, actually, they have a lot of cover from the Boris Johnsons of the world, from all these hardcore Brexiters who are voting against it to go, yeah. well, I support Brexit, therefore I'm not going to vote for it. You look at the people like Dominic Grieve, sort of Tory moderates or, um, or Nicky Morgan, people who, who clearly don't like Brexit, but have actually seemed quite nervous about voting against stuff. Suddenly you have people like Joe Johnson going, I'm not doing it. And I'm yeah. clearly and quite publicly saying not. So I do think this kind of thing and the visual image of the two brothers on the two pillars actually has a bigger effect than you would just think on the face of the thing. Two things. Is there a, uh, a degree to which this could be a Jeffrey Howe moment in, to the sense mm-hmm. that like, if we've lost this guy, if we've lost this faithful servant, mm. then we've lost everything. And also, putting my conspiracy tinfoil hat on oh, here, here it comes. is Joe Johnson laying himself down in the muddy trench so that Boris Johnson can walk across his corpse and say, yes, I see that a people's vote is now the way forward. Because Boris Johnson has created his own lobster pot. And seems desperate to get out of it. And he ain't got the claws to get out the lobster pot. So he's going to get out the lobster pot by walking across the muddy trench over the corpse of his brother. Mix that metaphor. I am very, yes, indeed. Um, you know, I'm really predictable with this stuff. But, so I, but I don't really know where their personal relationship is. We, we know that it's not easy around the dinner table in the Johnson household, the sister, yeah. the dad. Yeah, um, Rachel Johnson has been very much very early on. Very yeah. anti-Brexit, very pro-EU, and very pro-people's vote. Exactly. Yeah, exactly right. Um, so I don't know where that is. And I, I can't, look, it's always that sort of thing of just Occam's razor, just the simplest possible explanation. I think the simplest possible explanation is to take what he wrote in that blog at face value. It all seems completely credible. And just to think, you know, this guy's been sat there. He's got people in his constituency. He, he sort of said again and again, look, we are a services economy and this doesn't have services in it. You know, yeah. plenty of my constituents go into London to work for financial services firms. What is going to happen to their jobs? When he says, we're about to sign up to something where you haven't really told me what the end deal would look like. It's either going to be a perpetual transition or it's going to be the backstop to get us over this period into whenever that deal is signed. That's uncertainty for business throughout. There's no way I can look at this thing and say, I back it, yeah. which I would I would thought that any MP should be looking at this thing and going, they will put my vote on this next to my name for the rest of my career, yeah. just like they did with the Iraq vote. And this thing is looking pretty ugly. It's looking like... No representation and all of the rules. Yeah. And, you know, whether it's five years, whether it's seven years, some piece of law is going to come from Europe, which is bad for Britain, which is bad for financial services, would have had no say in it, will have to take it on. And it's going to be an absolute shit show. And it must be clear now to MPs when they look at that kind of blog, when they look at the situation that they're dealing with, that this potentially just take away any of the ideology, take away any of the values in their own long term political, professional, personal interest. Yeah may not be a very good idea to do what the government is saying. Absolutely. I've now gone on so long about that. No, 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 it's, it's, it's greater explanatory mm. powers oh, there. Uh, we did an emergency panic uh, Ask Romaniacs on Twitter literally five minutes ago, and I have some questions from the general public. Red Romaniac, kind of showing your cards there, mate. Uh, how many ministers do you think will follow? Will ministers know. follow? There's a, there's a few journalists sort of talking about maybe this has been planned and there's others that are going to come out. There, there is something... You know, I don't think that's come out of nowhere and that the timing seems quite forensic. I mean, it was done at a very specific moment. You, you, if it was to be done, say, at 6 p.m., mm. that's much less effective. If you're doing it now where there's lots of rumours swelling around Westminster that a deal was going to be announced on Monday, mm. <laughs> admittedly, 
those rumors have been swirling around Westminster every weekend for the last yeah, sort of three yeah, four yeah, weekends. Yeah. But nevertheless, there, there was quite a lot of there was quite a lot of confidence about it. Then it seems like it could be part of a scheduled series of resignations, but we have no reason to believe that right now. I I personally have no reason to believe it either, so yeah. I don't know that. But by the time people are listening to this, God knows. Well, yeah. Exactly. Um, a couple more uh, questions into Sarah Donaldson from the Observer. Do you wish they'd stop announcing stuff like this on Fridays? Yes, we do. Uh, somewhat shocking, Sean. Can you start recording a podcast every other day? No, we bloody can't. Um, pay us the money, Sean. Pay, absolutely. You know. Thank you, Bob Geldof. Uh, Mark Liversedge, is this a defining moment? Do we think it's a defining moment? Is it a part of a defining moment? This is the thing that I do actually think that, that it, this could be an important moment. And again, I mean, not to repeat myself, but it's not about the number. It's not just about yeah. one more vote. It's about the fact that this, is one, this seems to be one of those moments where there is theatre to overlap with what is going on. And the public actually pay attention when there is theatre. The, yeah. You remember when, when Ed Miliband ran uh, during the general election? He was shocked to find out, because it had been years, you know, plenty of water had gone under the bridge since he'd had the stuff with his brother. But it suddenly he went out and the public were just constantly like, oh, you're the one that stabbed your brother in the back. Because that yeah. kind of Shakespearean thing actually has an impact on people. And I do think in this case, it has more importance. The fact that he is not a typical... Um, sort of a typical rebel, has importance. And then I keep on coming back to the thing that we have said on the podcast so many times, which is basically just, they're not going to, MPs are not going to back a people's vote on the basis of they really, really want to do it. That yeah. is never going to be the case. They're going to be presented with a series of really shit options and think, you know what, the least shit of all these options would be the people's vote. And you read that blog of his today, that is not the work of a man who's desperate to have another referendum. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's yeah. a work of a man who just thinks, I, I, all the other options are shitter. And so... Mm. The fact that he is, you've got to be wary of projecting the things that you wanted to be the case and the things that you'd previously predicted because it would make you right. But it did seem like the kind of piece that you'd be looking for if you're coming to it from that angle of MPs will ultimately go for it because it's the least bad option. Yeah. Kat Tukas on Twitter asks, do you think it matters the BBC didn't report he supports an option to remain on the people's vote? No, I mean, they're, they're in a, we're literally recording this just hours after it happened. You're rushing mm. around. The journalists are rushing around trying to get stuff up. Those reports, will, th those articles will change as the sort of day goes on. People will be adding bits, taking bits yeah. away. It's not, I mean, it doesn't, no, it's, they're just trying to keep up. It was quite, the tone, you, you keep talking about the blog quite rightly, because the tone of it, I thought was quite inspiring. I never thought that yeah. my, my, my blood would be brought up by a Johnson, as it were. I never thought that, <laughs> part, you know, part of the, of the clan, I never thought that one of the clan would get me so excited, but it was quite, you know, I think he's outdone his brother on that front. You know, he is kind of, uh, you know, it's a bit of a, of a Henry V moment, I thought. I, got, I, I did a tweet earlier today where I accidentally did, like, a wanking metaphor that I didn't mean to do, saying <laughs> I, I really banged that one out quickly, and I just can't help but think that you've outdone me in that respect. <laughs> yes, but to the substance of the point, as, 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 uh, as Joe Johnson, has he kind of stolen a march on his brother here in terms of... Because I am not used to respecting a member of the Johnson clan. Mm -hmm. Rachel accepted. She seems like a good sort. But the male Johnsons, they're kind of hard to respect. Yeah. You know, he was actually pretty good in universities as well, apart from that moment with Toby Young, which I thought was an error of judgment. But um, he's actually yeah. been, been pretty good apart from that. He has this reputation as this guy who, he is the quiet, diligent one, working away while his brother claims all the limelight and the blah, blah, blah. And you can sort of see when you look at them, you presume that was the relationship that they had even when they were very, very young, you know, and they're, they're living it out now on, on, on a sort of national level. 
it's also worth comparing him to his brother in the sense that the brother now has a reputation among everyone, you know, whether they're Brexty or Remain or anything else, of yeah. the guy who has no principles and would just do whatever is best for his career. And Joe Johnson's, I think, his intervention will actually help create an image of him that is very, very different, no matter what happens now with Brexit or any other issue, oh. that you get the impression that actually he's quite principled, that actually he sat there, he did his best to squint at this in the right way to see some kind of decent outcome. And just after a while, I just thought, I can't, in any good sense for my constituents or for my country, back this thing. Yeah. So actually, I, you know, I, I agree. I thought it was really, it was sort of quite inspiring. I mean, it was very, very well structured. It was very well argued. It was clearly the product of someone who'd been talking around quite a bit. Mm. And I suspect had been talking to his constituents, not just, you know, to other people around yeah. Westminster. It was, it was really quite strong stuff. And yeah, you, this may well be the beginning of a more prominent role for him in the public consciousness. I never thought I'd look forward to a Prime Minister Johnson. A different Johnson than the one you were expecting, plot twist. <laughs> now, you were looking for a present Prime Minister Johnson. The um, one thing somebody thought he got away from our, our, our examination was Dominic Raab yesterday, Thursday, who has just discovered that Britain is an island and is not close to France. We have had requests on Twitter simply to register this as a point of order. <laughs> Dominic Raab doesn't know that Britain is an island and is it's This is very far away. And this is very near. The father Dougal of Brexit strikes again. Indeed. Were you in any way surprised by Rob's uh, take on this? I was surprised he said it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't... You know, but again, thoughts inside the head, right. real world outside the head. Yes. It's weird because you know, he came up... He, do you remember when, um, before Brexit, they were thinking of trying to get Britain out of the European Convention of Human Rights, which is, people think of it as part of the EU, but it's different. Mm -hmm. It's the Strasbourg Court. Um, this was an extremely good British accomplishment, um, arguably one of the greatest liberal accomplishments of the post-war period. So, of course, the Tories wanted to sabotage it. Um, and Dominic Raab was the one that was mentioned as the big brains behind the plan. It's a fucking nightmare trying to get it out, I think, mostly because of the Good Friday Agreement. It just it, It's a really core part, much bigger than the EU is as part of the, yeah. the Good Friday Agreement. Um, and Dominic Robb was supposed to be the big brains of how to figure it out. And I never really read the stuff from him. I just heard about it when I was writing and, and just sort of, I guess I just accepted that he was, that he was one of the smarter ones. And yeah. then during Brexit, you got the same thing was, oh, he's the big brain. You know, he's really part of these really cerebral, really kind of smart. And then the guy comes out and you just think, fuck me. <laughs> like, really, is this what you've got? Like, you can see within a second of talking to him, just the way he holds himself, the sweaty stammering nervousness of the guy you just think well fuck me obviously the guy doesn't know what he's talking about and yeah. it sort of it says something about a what you have to be in Westminster to be considered smart and b how sloppy journalists are at doing a mm. proper evaluation of what intelligence entails yeah. you know really really dreadful stuff I mean, on the more charitable interpretation of what he said it's that it was about the priority of Dover Calais the importance there but really this is fucking page one par one line one of brexit you know this is not mm. you do not have to dig deep to know that yeah. we're quite reliant on <laughs> guys 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 there's a load of water over there have you seen it <laughs> shit man it's deep i mean you can say well look, there's there's dunkirk and there's yeah you know, there's rotter i mean there, there are other you know, i could i could sense that part but i mean this should not be something that he's dealing with now and then uh, there's been this sort of wave of this sort of secondary wave of defense of him going well you know isn't it good when people admit they're wrong which of course it is and isn't it, you know, not everyone would know this and some people campaign for Brexit or campaign for Remain without knowing the intricacies of training. You sort of think like, I don't know, man. I mean, during the referendum, fine, okay. I mean, there's a limit there, but okay, we'll, have, we'll allow some of that. When it comes to, you're, you're actually an MP in fucking Parliament yeah. during the two years or the 18 months or whatever it was before he became Brexit Secretary, pushing for this thing to happen to the country. You do owe it 
to have done some fucking yeah. research. And I just don't see that he did that. These are the kind of questions that he's asking only once he becomes Secretary of yeah. State. I mean, I voted Remain on, you know, not complete information, but I fucking knew where France was. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> you know. That's well, true. But I mean, we went, we, I mean, we left London the other day and we weren't really sure where we were until we were getting a pint in a pub. <laughs> We've, I mean, that's when I checked Google Maps. We did a fantastic live show at the Stroud Book Festival with lovely people in Stroud. It was amazing. We had a, got a brilliant welcome. They were a fantastic punch. But there was one point at which Ian, walking down the street, said, Oh, my God, we're in the Cotswolds. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it right, I mean, true. It was uh, Metropolitan too. bubble. Yeah. Anyway, so it's Friday. It's 5.45. Brexit is collapsing around our ears. The people's vote is gathering strength. Mother, I'm coming to get you in liberties. Good times. Good times. Good evening.